a good morning because uh, Jesus and His grace is new every single morning. It's good to be up. It's good to breathe. And that is only by the grace of God that we're here this morning. Uh, and we're going to be going through the book of Galatians. So if you have your Bible, if you have uh, a digital sword, open it up. We're going to get in Galatians. We're going to be looking at uh, chapter 1. Verses 1 through 9, and uh, here at the Oaks, we like to go through books of the Bible. It's good. It's good to go through books of the Bible. It's good to have series. It's good to have subject matter. But there's nothing greater than going through the Word in context. There's nothing greater. So, we're going to look in chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. We're just going to read it real quick. And then we're going to look at background. We're going to look that Paul actually traveled to Galatia. He traveled to these places and he planted churches. And we have to understand that relationship that they have with Paul and why Paul got so upset about this false gospel. And then we're going to look at the true gospel. What is it? How do we know if it's false, if we're believing in a false gospel? And then we'll go in to the fact that People who preach the gospel, they're cursed. That's how serious it is. That's how serious this idea of preaching a false gospel is. And so, let's read through Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead and all the brothers and sisters with me. To the churches in Galatia, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age. Amen? According to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live, to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion and trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven should preach a gospel other than the one we preach to you, let them be under God's curse. As we have already said, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you, a gospel other than what you accepted. Let them be under God's curse. So, we understand that Paul is upset. He's upset that they have turned to a different gospel. And we just need to look at the background. We need to understand, hey, Paul actually traveled to Galatia. So I put a map up here. I know it's kind of small in letters and spread out, and then Mediterranean Sea is really long. And, but uh, we kind of get to see a picture of, of Paul actually traveling. You know, he, he traveled across sea. He went to an island. He stayed there in Paphos. Then he went to Perga. Then Antioch is where he started in Galatia. That's the, the southern Galatia. Okay? So he started in Antioch, went to Iconium, Lystra, and then Derby, And then he went back. Why did he go back? Well, he went back to strengthen in discipleship, like Dean was talking about. 
He went back to establish. He went back to establish the grace of Christ. He established elders there. He appointed them. But him and Barnabas traveled this way. And then they went back to Antioch to tell a testimony. Kind of like Dean came back and told his testimony. They went back and he stayed. He stayed in Antioch for a while. And when he stayed there, I believe that's when he wrote Galatians. He wrote the letters to the churches of Galatia. And because he said, I'm a sign that you so quickly deserted. See how quick that is? He used so quickly. It was something soon. And so that's why I believe that he wrote it in Antioch. So, let's just go through. It's, it's in Acts chapter 13. You don't have to turn there, but Acts chapter 13 through 14. It gives us a view of Paul's experience in Galatia. Okay, So, let's look at Antioch. Paul and Barnabas traveled into Antioch, and they preached the gospel in the synagogue, which they, that's where they went first all the time. And it was well received. They even asked them to come back on the next Sabbath day. That's pretty good. You know, if, if you preach the gospel and then they say, hey, can you come back and talk about this gospel again? It's probably pretty good. And just like Dean was saying, it's like the gospel is transforming. It, it does something so powerful. When the gospel is preached, it's powerful. People come to know Christ, but then they change to be like Christ only through His grace. So they, they was well-received Paul and Barnabas, and they got asked to come back to talk about the gospel more. But when they came back the next Sabbath, the whole city gathered. Okay, that's a lot of people. The whole city gathered. They wanted to hear about this good news of Jesus. They were seeing change. They were seeing how the gospel was just destroying the city, and destroying it in a good way, just completely changing their minds and hearts. And that whole city came to listen. But jealousy. Jealousy came in and the Jews got real jealous that a bunch of people showed up. You know, it'd be like me coming up here talking and then Billy Graham comes up here and talks. You know, a bunch of people is going to come and listen to Billy Graham, but it's like, Joe, who's that guy? You know, so that's kind of how it works. It's just like, but what happened was Jealousy struck in. And so then the Jews tried to basically deny the gospel, the truth of it. You know, they opposed the truth of the gospel. And so most Jews started to reject the gospel, but then many of the Gentiles received the gospel with gladness. So the gospel began to spread through that whole region. This is all in Acts chapter 13. It began to spread all through that region in Galatia. And the leaders gave Paul and Barnabas, he kind of booted them out. He said, you're not welcome here anymore. Uh, because they believed that they were sharing something about God that wasn't true. And so they, get, they kicked them out of Antioch. So Paul's like, okay. They brush, brush the shoes off and let's go. I'm, I'm ready to go to uh, Iconium. So they went to Iconium. They traveled there and preached the gospel, you know, because that's what, that's what they're on the mission for is to preach the gospel. And they had a great number of Jews and uh, Greeks believe. But some Jews refused to believe, and they brought division. So they, they stayed speaking the message of grace boldly until they heard that there was a plan for them to be stoned. So they quickly left. They jetted. You know, that's, that's normal. Uh, 
you know, anybody's like, hey, um, get a mob together and we're going to stone you. Yeah, we're probably going to leave that area. So um, then they jetted out to Lystra, and they continued to spread the gospel there. Paul healed a lame man from birth. Pretty awesome. You know, that, that, that'll change your view of, uh, of Paul. You know, uh, who is this guy? Maybe he's, you know, his gospel's right. You know, maybe what he's saying is true. Well, that brings some kind of authority there. When a man from birth never walked, and then Paul says, hey, you know what, get up in the name of Jesus, and he walks. So that's the Paul they kind of know. He healed a lame man, never walked ever. So, uh, but then they tried to worship Paul and Barnabas. They tried to worship him by giving sacrifices to him. Paul and Barnabas was full of trouble. They tore their clothes off, screaming and explaining why they should not be worshipped because they're just men bringing good news. But they still wanted to worship them. Then some Jews came from the other regions and created a mob to stone Paul. And they stoned him. And they dragged him out of the city and left him there thinking he was dead. You know what's amazing? Paul got up and went back into the city. Only a gospel of Jesus Christ can make you do that. He got back up and went in the city, and he was like, you know what? Barnabas, let's leave the next day. So he left. That's just amazing to me. Someone just got stoned. They basically thought he was dead. They dragged him out, and he got back up and went back in the city. It just amazes me. Paul is a man's man. He really is. I can't say I'd probably do the same, but he's a man's man. Uh, then so, when they left, they went to Derby. You see how, how that's working. They preached the gospel there, and many believed. They then went back through all the cities to strengthen them in the gospel, so they would remain true to the faith. Paul also appointed elders for them in each church. They went back home to Antioch to give testimonies of what God had done. So, we understand now Paul's relationship with the churches of Galatia. He was devoted. He was a devoted man. He shed blood for them. He shed blood for their souls. That's how important the gospel was to spread. That man believed in the message of the gospel. Do we believe in the message of the gospel like Paul? Do we understand that this gospel changes the very core of who we are to the point that we would die for it? So, now let's look, let's look in, in, in the Scriptures, in, in Galatians chapter 1, 1-2. It says, Paul, an apostle, sent not from men, nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the, church, all the brothers and sisters with me to the churches in Galatia. So, we see Paul begin his letter with who he is. For this simple reason, hey, I'm Paul, the guy who came and started all this. I'm the guy who came with the gospel. Just that simple reason. But also we see Paul later defending his apostleship in the book of Galatians. And so he's trying to get them to see that I have authority to speak this gospel. I have authority to speak it because it's true, because I'm called by God and not by men. Right? So this is important because the Jews were trying to persuade. They were trying to persuade the Gentiles to say, hey, look, this Paul guy, he's not even an apostle. 
Why are you listening to him? He's not even, he's not even a man who is really called by God. So this is important that we understand his apostleship, that he is a man who is called by God and only God. Very, very special. Uh, none of us in here have that. Not that special. Uh, we, we, we don't have that capital A apostleship. We have the, the lower case, case A, where we're sent with a message, but not like Paul, where he can write the scriptures through the Holy Spirit. So, uh, so Paul is now he's reaffirming his apostleship by reminding them of who he was sent by and uh, the others who were trustworthy. You know, he says to the brother and the brothers and sisters with me. He's saying there's there's other believers, brothers and sisters with me, that they are they're following in this gospel and they're changing and they're being renewed. And so there's authority there. Uh, this was the sure that the churches that Paul's message was from God. He was commissioned by the risen Jesus. Acts chapter 9. Go, go, go back and read that if you don't know what that is, but Acts chapter 9, Paul just got knocked off his horse and he got called to spread the gospel. And he had a, a vision, a view of the risen Savior Jesus. So, and he used them. He used them as an instrument for his namesake. So let's, let's get into uh, verse 3 through 5. It says, Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul here gives a short but beautiful picture of the gospel in this conclusion as he concludes his greeting. He says, Grace and peace to you, which is only available through Jesus. Do we believe that? It's only available through Jesus Christ. That's the good news of Jesus. That is the good news. He says, Jesus gave himself for our sins to rescue us from the present age. He gave himself. That still blows my mind. I don't know if that still blows your mind, but he gave himself. Never once was he forced. Never once did he have to. Never once did he just not know what he was doing. He knew what he was doing. He gave himself freely. That amazes me because it's grace. That is grace. You did nothing to deserve him freely giving up himself, but he did. He gave himself as a substitution. He gave himself in place of us. That is the right view of the gospel of Jesus. He put himself on the cross in place of where we needed to be. That's the gospel. That's what for means. That's what for means when he, when he says, who gave himself for our sins. He did it on behalf of us or in place of us. That's what that word means. He took my sin and the wrath I deserved and He placed it on Himself. This is Jesus coming from heaven to earth, wraps Himself in flesh and says, sin, your sin on Me. Your wrath that's supposed to be on you, on Me. 
But he doesn't just leave us there. He says, in exchange, he gave us his righteousness to replace our unrighteousness. What an exchange. You know, here you go. Here's all my filth. Here's all my dirt. Here's all my unrighteousness. Here's all my shame, my guilt. And he gives us his righteousness. It's grace. It's only grace. And it says he rescued us from the sinful life that we would be living in if we had never been rescued. That word rescued means we're hopeless without him. Someone who needs rescuing isn't someone who is just stuck in a bad spot and maybe can get his way out of it or her way out of it. No, it's someone who is in desperate need. There's nothing we could do to get ourselves out of it. It's so good, that picture of rescue. We can't rescue ourselves. But why did He choose to rescue us? Why? Well, we see, it says, according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. It says, according to His will and His glory. That's grace. It's grace. There's no other way to explain it but grace. Something we don't deserve, but He gives it to us anyway. That's grace. So He rescues us, and we respond to His grace. Only in one appropriate way. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. That is our response. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. So let's look in in verse 6 through 9. It says, I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one who called you to live in the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel, which is really no gospel at all. Evidently, some people are throwing you into confusion or trying, and trying to, convert, to pervert the gospel of Christ. So we have to understand that the, the gospel is being preached here in a certain way. These people were trying to say that to be pleasing to God, they had to follow all the Mosaic law, plus Jesus. That's tiring. That's miserable. That's not grace. That's earned. You know, when you add something to Jesus, it's not good. Because it's not the gospel. It's, it's vain. It's voided. It's not, it's not real. So, they tried to put all the laws of the way they ate, what they did to their body, all the ceremonies. They, did, they tried to do all that. Try to put that sort of slavery, that sort of burden on top of the gospel. No, the gospel frees us to live for Christ. It frees us. It doesn't make us enslaved. It causes us to live for Jesus. So, there's a struggle there of adding that law. But all of us probably don't struggle with the Mosaic law. Most of us don't struggle with probably circumcision, whether that's going to save us or not. But we do struggle with adding to the gospel. Why? It's like we want to be, like, help God out almost in a sense, like He needs our help. Or we want to have some part in it. But that takes away the glory. 
It, it, it's all on Him. His salvation is all Him. He calls. He restores. He makes us new. Anytime we say that we did that, what does that say about us? We cannot do what God does. Only He can. So, we can't have this work-based righteousness. We can't. It has to be Jesus. His work. When we lose focus of the work of Jesus, we look at ourselves. That's what happens. When we say, oh, Jesus, I don't know if your work is, is good enough. I've done this, I've done that. I have to do this on my own so I can regain that approval from you, God. When you do that, when you say, yeah, yeah, the gospel is good enough for me, but I have to do this and that, that's, that's a bad step to go in. You can't be there. So the gospel is good enough for me, and now. And now this is how I live. So we cannot base our righteousness on us. Because we're not good. It's as simple as that. We cannot live for God apart from Jesus. We can't. It is only His grace that gives us that. So, let's look at that language of verse 6. We see Paul tell them that they are deserting something. What are, what are they deserting? They're not deserting an idea. They're not even deserting a message. What does it say? They're deserting the one. The one who called. The one who called you to live in the grace of Jesus. You're deserting God. You're not deserting a message. You're deserting God Himself. That's how, that's how the gospel is the core. If you get the gospel wrong, even in the slightest way, you're deserting God Himself. So it's very important that we get this right. Okay. So let's let's not let's just be careful not to go back and revert to another gospel, because it's a very strong accusation on us that we're actually reverting back to a different God, our own gods that we create. So also in verse six we see that God causes people to live in the grace of Jesus. This is an awesome. This is a beautiful phrase. It's so beautiful. This is an awesome phrase. God, God's grace is not just for justification, but also for sanctification. We are to walk daily in His grace. Grace is where it starts and where it ends. The moment we stop depending on His grace is the moment that we start turning to a different gospel. And that's not even the gospel at all. That's what, that's what Paul says. That's not even the gospel. There is only one gospel. And that gospel is clear in the Scriptures. It's very clear. And the moment we start adding, the moment we start saying Jesus plus, gives us something. That's when we start believing something about God and ourselves that shouldn't be. So as the band comes up, We have to be careful. We have to be careful. Laws and rituals, rules, it shows us a different picture of sin and reveals something different about God. But grace reveals our need for Jesus. The law can't transform us. 
into the likeness of Jesus. Only as grace can. So, if you never have believed the gospel, this gospel that I'm talking about, that Jesus Christ came, that He gave Himself for our sins to rescue us, if you've never believed that gospel, if you've never received it, me, Casey, Jason, we're here to talk about Jesus. We're here to give clarity wherever it's needed. If you currently trust another gospel, most of you say, ah, no, not me. Examine. Examine your heart. Truly examine whether you believe the true and only gospel. And you've got to do that through life. Do you live in the rhythm of grace? Or do you, are you constantly trying to please God and others by what you do? Because that's another gospel. If you currently trust in that other gospel, let the Spirit work. Let the Spirit convict. And if you realize that you're believing another gospel, there's only one place to go. That's repentance. Seeking Jesus. Seeking forgiveness. The one who gave himself for our sins. So, go back to His grace. Trust His work. Live in the grace of Jesus Christ. It's good enough. It's good enough. I promise you it's good enough. Just go back to His grace. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for Your Word. We thank you that it brings clarity to our hearts, that it challenges us. God, we pray that we see the gospel clearly that's in your word. And that if we've turned to any other gospel, if we look to anything other than your son Jesus, will you convict us? Will your Holy Spirit move, change, recreate us so that we may depend on your son Jesus' grace for us. God, we just pray for clarity of the gospel and that we don't we don't confuse it as we talk about it and we preach it and we share it in our workplace, but that we give the clear gospel that it's not a works gospel, that it's not a gospel that seeks to just be good but it's the gospel that seeks the goodness of Jesus and his work for us. We love you in Jesus' name.